0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported.
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Cade Young.
3: And I'm Lucinda Lonick. This is the WFHB Local News for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023.
2: This week, WFHB correspondent Abe Shapiro speaks with Jeremiah Fry pearson Harriet Lowell, and representatives from Westchester disabled on the move in their lawsuit against the ride-share company Lyft on a lack of wheelchair-accessible vehicles, or WAVES. That's coming up in today's edition of Disabulitan.
3: Also, coming up in the next half hour, on Tuesday, a federal grant jury charged former US President Donald Trump with four felony counts for Trump's alleged interference with the 2020 election. More coming up next in your State House Roundup.
4: WFHB, this is the State House Roundup for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023, I'm Brooklyn Lambright. A federal judge has denied the ACLU's request to delay HEA-1608, which prohibits the instruction of human sexuality in kindergarten through third grade. The bill would also require teachers to notify parents if their child prefers to use a different name or pronoun in the classroom. The ACLU first filed the lawsuit on behalf of Kayla Smiley, a teacher at Indianapolis Public Schools. Smiley worried books in her classroom containing LGBTQ topics might be prohibited under the new bill. According to the lawsuit, Smiley places stickers and pins on her water bottle in support of the LGBTQ community, and she's unsure whether these objects will violate the bill. If teachers are found in violation of the bill, they could have their teaching licenses suspended or revoked. Federal Judge James Patrick Halon said in his opinion that the lawsuit had a, quote, heavy burden to prove the bill violates Smiley's First Amendment rights. Yesterday, August 2nd, former Vice President Mike Pence gave a speech at the Indiana State Fair. Pence is in the running for the 2024 Republican presidential nominee. Pence launched his presidential campaign this June. So far, Pence has focused on issues related to the economy and inflation. Throughout his speech, Pence criticized Bidenomics, President Joe Biden's plan to improve the U.S. economically. Pence said the Biden administration spent an unnecessary amount of money on COVID. Pence said, quote, We all know that inflation is a man-made problem, and that man's name is Joe Biden. We don't have to live like this anymore. And I believe that the next president of the United States needs to make tackling inflation and reducing the burden of inflation on working families their number one economic priority." Pence also introduced his four-step plan to improve the U.S. economy and reduce inflation. Step one includes fiscal responsibility by ending excessive spending in D.C., ending Biden's student debt relief program, limiting non-defense spending, and reforming Social Security and Medicare. Step two includes reforming the Federal Reserve by reducing the amount of money printed by the Federal Reserve and appointing new members to the Fed. The third step focuses on bringing jobs back to the U.S. to lower the cost of goods. The fourth and final step would unleash America's energy by reopening pipelines, thereby lowering the cost of energy. After delivering his half-hour speech, Pence ended it saying he has faith that God will heal America. Pence's Christian beliefs have been a large factor in his campaign thus far, as he tries to appeal to Christian, working-class voters across the country. On Tuesday, August 1st, a federal grand jury charged former U.S. President Donald Trump with four felony counts for Trump's alleged interference with the 2020 election. The felony counts include conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. The indictment says Trump, along with six co-conspirators, crafted a campaign to overturn President Joe Biden's win in the election. Former Vice President Mike Pence tweeted, quote, "...today's indictment serves as an important reminder. Anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be President of the United States." Our country is more important than one man. Our Constitution is more important than one man's career." End quote. In regards to January 6th, the indictment says, quote, When advisers urged the defendant to issue a calming message aimed at the rioters, the defendant refused, instead repeatedly remarking that the people at the Capitol were angry because the election had been stolen. End quote. Trump is set to appear in court today to begin his trial. In total, he is facing 78 charges and three separate criminal cases. That's all for the State House Roundup. For WFHB News, I'm Brooklyn Lambrey.
2: The Monroe County Community School Corporation School Board met on July 25th. The school board voted to approve Resolution 2023 15, a resolution to initiate amendments to the MCCSC governing plans.
0: On July 7th, 2023, MCCSC posted three school district modification plans on our website, invited the public and board to review and comment on the plans. On July 21st, 2023, The board closed the online comments. Board officers met with representatives from the Indiana Business Research Center to discuss relevant additional questions and comments received from the two community members who submitted comments. From this process, the original plan, Plan A, is being recommended as a selected map as it most closely meets our stated goals. The new board districts have a total population ranging of 17,025 to 17,000 687 with the difference of any district from the mean being no greater than 2%. A Significant improvement from our current board districts. There's one community member that has submitted multiple comments to the board requesting a change from residential districts to electoral districts as part of our board reorganization process. Residential districts mean that all MCCSC registered voters may vote for all seven board districts. Electoral districts mean that each MCCSC registered voter may vote for the board district where they reside or one of the seven districts. This was not something that our community requested through our survey and public comments as part of the current process, nor something that any board member publicly requested for our current redistricting process. Regardless, the board has learned that under a new Indiana state statute passed in 2022, and amended in 2023. Should the board express an interest in changing to electoral districts, and they have not at this point, the board may only do so by December 31st of the year that follows the year in which a decennial census is taken. To be clear, moving to electric, electoral districts from residential districts has not been part of the current public conversation related to our efforts to make our residential districts more equal. However, should the board desire to have a conversation and take action to create electoral districts in the future, it cannot happen under current statute until 2031 at the earliest. Based upon the stated priority to create districts represented a more equal number of people, I am pleased to recommend approval of Resolution 2023-15 and the accompanying maps and descriptions that accomplish our stated goals.
2: Also during the meeting, Lucas Calhoun, the new principal of Bloomington Graduation School, introduced himself.
5: Thank you all. I appreciate your time and uh, letting me be here this evening. I'm absolutely delighted and profoundly grateful for the privilege of assuming the role of principal at the Bloomington Graduation School. The opportunity to lead and collaborate with this specific group of educators, staff, and uh, students fills me with tremendous excitement. I'm committed to fostering an engaging culture of academic growth empowerment, and equity. And together, I'm confident we will continue building an environment where every student can flourish and achieve their full potential. My family is here with me this evening, and we say thank you for entrusting me with this extraordinary responsibility. And I cannot wait to embark on this journey with the MCCSC team. Thank you.
2: The MCCSC School Board will meet again on August 22, 2023.
3: This week, Abe Shapiro speaks with Jeremiah Frey Pearson, Harriet Lowell and representatives from Westchester disabled on the move in their lawsuit against the rideshare company Lyft on a lack of wheelchair accessible vehicles or WAVs. We turn to Shapiro for the latest edition of Disabulletin on the WFHB Local News.
1: Good evening. I'm Abe Shapiro, and this is Disabilityton, where we cover the top stories impacting the disability community across the country and around the world. Over the last five years on the banks of West Plains, New York, the transportation company Lyft has been embroiled in a lawsuit with organization Westchester Disabled on the Move, or WDOMI, a disability rights organization headquartered in Westchester County, New York. In the lawsuit, WDOMI argues that Lyft is violating the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, by not providing wheelchair-accessible vehicles, or WAVES, which accommodate non-foldable wheelchairs. The original lawsuit was filed in 2017 by Harriet Lowell of White Plains, New York, on behalf of individuals with mobility disabilities who are, quote, pervasively and systematically excluded, end quote, from Lyft's convenient transportation services, as Lyft does not provide wheelchair-accessible vehicles, in White Plains, where Lowell is located. Yesterday, I spoke with Jeremiah Fry Pearson, the lawyer fighting on behalf of Westchester Disabled on the Move, in their lawsuit against Lyft, and who has previously appeared on our program, along with his colleague Aaron Kelly, Harriet Lowell, the plaintiff in this case, and Mel Tansman, the executive director and representative of WDOMI, the second plaintiff in this case. We began by asking Tansman about how the case began, followed by Harriet Lowell, then Jeremiah Fry Pearson. What led to this organization taking on a big entity like Lyft?
5: Mel, do you want to talk about that? It really
6: started for us back in um, I guess it was 2016 or 2017, where Lyft, as well as all the ride-sharing services, were trying to get a uh, state law passed, which would allow them to uh, to you know spread throughout New York. Now we had no problem with that because you know, people need transportation. But what we did have an issue with was the availability of wheelchair accessible vehicles. We got involved at that point. Representatives from uh, independent living centers were on the, uh, it was a panel that was set up after they passed the law uh, that talked about a lot about accessibility. And that's when we really Got involved with it. I mean, I've gotten many calls throughout my 20-year career from people visiting New York who uh, use wheelchairs. How do I get from here to here? And um, often, I didn't have much to offer. And um, it seemed to me that lift is an essential part of the transportation system.
7: Back in 2017, Jeremiah and I were working on getting accessible taxis in New York City and Lyft and Uber were coming in and those and I was discussing my personal struggle because I am a non-driving scooter user and uh, my husband drives me, but he can't always do that and it, it's a real problem. And so that's what led to this case.
5: And for for myself? The rights of people with disabilities are really important to me. I have a brother with very significant disabilities.
1: Frye-Pearson then provided a lowdown on the facts of the case, Lyft's main arguments for why it cannot provide access to people in wheelchairs, and how the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, the primary civil rights act for individuals with disabilities, impacts this case. Lyft
5: serves able-bodied people everywhere in the country, no matter what the population density, no matter what the service level is. But for people in wheelchairs, Lyft refuses to serve them everywhere in the country, in 96% of the country, except for nine regions where regulators make Lyft provide service. So you have a scenario where in New York City, regulators force Lyft to provide wheelchair accessible vehicle service. So, New York City, if you pull up your Lyft app, there will be waves. If you cross the street from the Bronx into Westchester County, Lyft starts blocking wave service, and Lyft has taken the position, it's taken a bunch of obscene positions. It's argued it's not a transportation company. It's argued the Americans with Disability Act doesn't apply to it. But it now argues, in essence, that it can, as one of the largest transportation companies in the country, refuse to serve people in wheelchairs in 96% of the country. And because Lyft is a new cutting-edge corporation, if Lyft and Uber can get away with this, they're going to move us backwards. And the ADA is all about moving us forward. I'm pretty sure this is the case. It's Title III of the ADA, which forces private entities, um, and in particular, public accommodations to serve people with disabilities. The basic point of the ADA is if you operate a public accommodation, you have to make reasonable accommodations to your services to allow people with disabilities to have the opportunity to participate. And Lyft's position is, first, that it's not a public accommodation, which is insane. Second, it's not a a transportation um, provider, which is insane. And third, there's nothing it can do to serve people with disabilities. In the 96% of the country, it refuses to serve people with disabilities. And that's insane because in 4% of the country, it does. So how hard is it just to do what you do in the 4% in the other 96%?
1: A common concern amongst rideshare companies is that there is an insufficient supply of waves in the country to provide on-demand service and the cost of modifications. Some companies suggest that lowering the floor, then adding a wheelchair ramp and securement device for a wheelchair to an already existing vehicle, adds $15,000 to $30,000 to the overall cost of such a vehicle. In an email, a Lyft spokesperson said, quote, Lyft has a long-standing commitment to maintaining an inclusive and welcoming community, and we're constantly seeking solutions to address wave supply challenges, end quote. I also asked Jeremiah Pearson how Lyft might prevent people from obtaining access to waves in other parts of the country using a toggle and blocker, and if it is possible for both tools to be removed by Lyft. Pearson elaborated.
5: In some of the cities where Lyft has been forced to provide wheelchair-accessible vehicle service, it uses the toggle to suppress service. And briefly, what the toggle is, is all ride modes appear on, mo- except for wheelchair accessible vehicles and every every other ride mode that Lyft has will appear automatically on your phone if it's available. So you can pull up your phone and you can see Lyft Green, you can see Lyft Lux, you can see Lyft XL, they'll just automatically appear. But in some cities, Lyft has, does it so to find wave service, you have to use a toggle, which is this complicated series of hoops you have to jump through in order to find wave service. In New York City, they ordered Lyft not to use the toggle and wave service increased by 500%. So one of the things that we're asking for is once Lyft stops nationwide discrimination and turns off the blocker, they shouldn't be allowed to turn on the toggle and suppress wave service. Um, Those are all things we're going to be asking the judge for. But the first and most important thing is just stop blocking service. It's, it's not difficult at all. What Lyft does is in the 4% of the country, if you say, hey, I have a wheelchair accessible vehicle and you're a Lyft driver, then Lyft makes it known that there's a wheelchair accessible vehicle that's available. And if you need a wheelchair accessible vehicle, you can call it. Um, in 96% of the country, Lyft blocks you from saying, hey, I have a wheelchair accessible vehicle or, hey, I need a wheelchair accessible vehicle. Um, one ironic thing is one day lyft's programming got messed up and it turned its blocker off in denver and all of a sudden all these people were like hey I have a wheelchair accessible vehicle I want to give a ride in denver but in Denver lyft isn't forced to provide this service so what did lyft do did it allow the rides to happen no 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 it dropped everything and kept blocking um so all we're at we're actually our expert um helped force lyft to provide good service in New York city and we're gonna We have detailed proposals for how Lyft can provide the best service. But our first request is really simple. Lyft needs to stop blocking wave service everywhere in the country. That will cost Lyft virtually no money, and the result will be transformative. And it would be good if Lyft, which pretends to be a progressive company, stopped discriminating.
1: I asked Lowell about how the lack of wheelchair-accessible vehicles impacts her daily life and what she, along with WDOMI and the disability community of Westchester, sought from the case.
7: You know, there have been times when my husband was, like, in the hospital. He had a pulmonary embolism actually twice. I couldn't get to the hospital because, you know, he couldn't drive me. He was in the hospital. And, um, you know, many other less dire things happen. But, you know, if I need to go someplace and I want to go on my own, you know, I should have the same rights as non-disabled people throughout Westchester and throughout America. You know, there are a lot of people like me in this area and, and throughout America. And there's really no reason why we should be served the same way as everybody else.
1: I asked Fry Pearson about the regulation of such rideshare companies in New York State. The Taxi and Limousine Commission of New York is one of the primary regulatory uh, agencies, right, regarding uh, transportation uh, in, the, uh, in the state. Is that correct?
5: New York state um, regulation is is very complex. Um, The TLC authority in New York City is wonderful in forcing Lyft to provide wave service. Lyft provides wave service in New York City that is qualitatively better than their standard service in much of the country outside of New York City. Lyft has been able successfully to avoid any regulation that forces it to provide wave service, which is why they block, as soon as the cars drive out of New York City, Lyft blocks in providing wave service. And unfortunately, no regulatory body has stepped up and directly fixed that. Although we have heard from many people who wrote laws like the New York State human rights law and say, we wrote that to cover companies like Lyft. Um, And our court case is how we're going to force Lyft to follow the law.
1: Fry Pearson also spoke about those who have come out in support of the organization's litigation campaign.
5: One, One thing I want to just emphasize is how much has gone into this case. We've had organizations like Paralyzed Veterans of America provide their testimony to the court. And Paralyzed Veterans of America has a powerful story to tell, right? These are heroes who, fighting for our freedom, fighting in our wars abroad in many circumstances, lost their ability to walk, right? They became paralyzed. And so they're fighting for the rule of law. And then they come back to this country and a multi-billion dollar corporation says the rule of law doesn't apply to it and it can discriminate against them. And all of those people, including Paralyzed Veterans of America, who stood up in federal court and said, no, under the ADA, we want to be served. Their voices have been heard by the judge. And when we go to trial, I think their voices are going to be heard and we're we're going to make real change.
1: WDOMI Executive Director Mel Tansman clarified WDOMI's stance on alternative transportation for people with disabilities, but reiterated WDOMI's stance and shared the story of the late WDOMI advocate Ansel Lorio. We don't
6: expect that Lyft is going to be a perfect service. I don't believe there is a perfect service, especially for providing transportation for people with disabilities. What we want is that to be one of many choices, because when systems fail, it's always important to have a backup. So Lit would provide that if they had wheelchair accessible vehicles. And one that one thing I'd like to add: um, it became very personal for Westchester disabled on the move when. Uh, person who was a consumer at the time, but later on became a board member, um, told a story to us. There was a freak early snowstorm. Um, I think it must have been 2018 um, when uh, he used the wheelchair. He had uh, muscular dystrophy, I I believe it was. Um, And he had been out at his doctor's appointment at a clinic um, in Mount Vernon. Um, when the freak snowstorm happened, paratransit, which he usually used, um, canceled because the line system, which is the regular uh, bus system, closed all its routes down. So when the b line system goes down, so does the paratransit. So he found himself stranded there um, in Mount Vernon when he had to get home, and um, he couldn't Go on the streets in his power wheelchair, and there was too much snow and too much of a mess at the time. And, you know, he tried. He wanted to have something like a lift there. Ultimately, what had to happen was the only way they could get him home eventually was to first take him to the emergency room of a hospital. In other words, having to call an ambulance as if he had an emergency and have to be. Uh, at least, excuse me, assessed in an emergency room, uh, if not admitted. So, you know, that was a frustrating process. Um, We lost um, him last year, um, just from the, you know, uh, muscular dystrophy is usually something that takes people's lives. So he did become very personal to us. Um, Ansel was a remarkable human being. When you get to know the people and the people impacted by it, it does become a very personal um, struggle for you. In
1: 2021, a judge in the Northern District of California ruled that the lack of wheelchair-accessible vehicle service on the Lyft platform does not constitute discrimination under the ADA. I asked Jeremiah Fry pearson about this decision and how the upcoming Lowell and WDMI case would argue differently.
5: There was a similar case like this in San Francisco that Lyft won and they argued to a federal judge who believed them that there weren't enough wheelchair users in the city of San Francisco to have a class action. They persuaded a federal judge there were not 40 wheelchair users in San Francisco who would use Lyft. With all due respect, that's just wrong on the law, and our judge didn't agree with it. But the reason they were able to persuade a judge of that is they have infinite resources. They've employed two law firms. They've spent millions of dollars fighting this case. And I guess the big question that kind of flows out of this is why, right? Why is Lyft trying to invest so hard in being on the side of discrimination? Lyft's entire business model is about not being regulated, right? They're an app. They're not a transportation provider. They don't have to pay their workers under the labor laws, all that stuff. So they don't want to have to serve people with disabilities. They don't want to be made to do it. And it's really unfortunate. They're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink and we're going to have a trial. But I think in this case, we're fortunate enough to have First of all, just human beings who are right. Uh, You can't sit down and hear Ansel's story and hear Harriet's story and think it's okay for a major corporation to refuse to serve them. And second of all, I'm blessed to be part of a really talented legal team. When Lyft convinced a federal judge that there weren't 40 wheelchair users in the city of San Francisco, we beat that by going out and getting hundreds of declarations, sworn pieces of testimony saying, hi, I'm a wheelchair user and I want to use Lyft. And our judge cited that. And so we just got more than 40 people to testify so that lifts ridiculous argument that there just aren't people with disabilities um, so that that wasn't effective. And we're going to beat, they're going to come up with a lot of clever arguments. It's going to be our job to beat them back. And that's really how all big fights for change happen. We have a major corporation that's willing to invest millions of dollars to break the law and discriminate. Uh, they get beaten because people like Harriet, people like Mel, people like Ansel have the courage to stand up, and lawyers have the courage to fight them.
1: Abe Shapiro, WFHB News, Live and Learn.
2: Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. Been listening to the WFHB local news. Today's headlines were written by Brooklyn Lambright, Yane Sanchez Lopez, and Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Abe Shapiro.
3: Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. And Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Lucinda And
2: I'm Cade Young thanks for supporting indiana's only volunteer powered listener supported independent daily news program you can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org
3: the wfhb local news is also available as a podcast just search our call letters wfhb wherever you listen to your shows subscribe to never miss another local news program stay tuned for big talk a
2: one-on-one conversation with some of bloomington's most fascinating people coming up next on WFHB. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer.